Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When Christmas time comes around, it's always time for everyone's favorite fruitcake from Collins Street Bakery in Corsicana, Texas. The small town company sells upwards of 3 million pounds of fruitcake each year and is well-loved throughout the world. However, for years, the company seemed to struggle with profitability and no one could really explain why. Overseeing their finances was local couple Sandy and Kay Jenkins, who, despite only making $50,000 a year, seemed to be living a suspiciously lavish lifestyle surrounded by expensive jewelry and fancy cars. Were Sandy and Kay just financially savvy, or was there something more sinister at play? Savvy Sandy. I mean, sinister Sandy. Like, I don't even know if it's that sinister, because I'm like, this is all so funny. (laughs) It's you know why? Because it's because it's fruitcakes. That's the core of this, which just really makes you LOL. Right. And um, Sarah, I think we have to switch our careers because I did not know fruitcakes were so profitable. This is the thing. I'm like, again, as a Jew, <laughs> like I just I don't know much about Christmas or the desserts, but I know that fruitcake is like infamously mocked for being terrible. Right. Yeah, that's what I I have not. I don't know the last time. I have ever had a fruit cake. Yeah. It doesn't even look good. No, but maybe that's why this place was so special. Maybe they cracked the code so people could be on seasonality and enjoy themselves. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how but I found this is- case. I think I just saw a headline for fruit cake fraud and I was like, say no more. I'm in. Oh, right. I was like, no, this is exactly what needs to be covered because it is the it's exactly what the world needs right now. Yeah. Just a little lighthearted, dense fruitcake frog. (laughs) That's the other uh, thing I know about fruitcake is like it's really dense, supposedly. They're dense. Here's the thing, though. I'm craving one now. I don't really know what it tastes like, but I just want a cake. That's right. I don't know what it tastes like. Maybe Hmm. maybe we'll get one after this because we need to like be fully in it. And if you do crave more fruitcake and fruitcake fraud... There is a Discovery Plus uh, documentary about this. We do not have Discovery Plus. We use the local news outlets for all this. No, I really wanted to watch it, but I was just like, I I don't know anybody who has a Discovery Plus login because I don't know what the hell else you're using it for. No, I really do not. No, I I I need to discover more about Discovery Plus. (laughs) Right? I couldn't even use my mom's like cable login. I was like, damn, that stinks. No, it's hard. It's hard out there. It is hard out there. I was like, oh, man, I just want to watch more about the fruitcake fraud. But I did read about it. <laughs> and I got enough of a taste. And that really was not a pun, I'm, I promise. But it feels lighthearted. It feels fun. Yes, like there was an issue with the bakery in financial trouble. But it's kind of funny. It is. And also, it's that thing when, like, are people sometimes just so... I guess you just trust people with your money, but I'm like, how did you not notice? Oh, well, we'll get into it. It's so much money that goes away. So much money. But, and I guess there's really a lot of money to be made on fruitcake, which 
is really just surprising to me. The same. But, I mean, this was like no ordinary fruitcake. This was very famous fruitcake. So the scene of this crime was Collins Street Bakery. It was founded in 1896, based in Corsicana, Texas, by August Wiedermann, who was a German immigrant, which is not really relevant, but, like, it's a, it's a fact. It's a fact. Of the story. And maybe the, the, that's where the best fruitcakes are from, probably. I could see that. I could see that. Um, because Christmas is German. Yeah. I mean, this bakery was, like, super popular. Apparently, Princess Caroline of Monaco would place annual orders there. And also, Princess Grace would get, like, you know, some Christmas treats from there, too. So, this is just not... I mean, it is a small-town bakery, but it's not your regular small-town bakery. But that's what's crazy. They're getting it from this bakery in Texas. Like, that's when you know. Like, I'm also, wow. like, how do they have... Like, how many bakers do they have on staff? Because... Apparently, um, Madison Square Garden and also Vanna White, Danny wrote, America's Princess, would get fruitcakes from there. And I'm like, how many bakers do they have on staff? How big is this operation? How are you guys filling these orders? That is some truth. No, I, I really don't know. And they basically ship virtually everywhere. So I think I need to expense some fruitcake. I should have done it for research purposes for this episode. Honestly. But I feel like they're like Rolf's in the city where like you have to order in like Ugh. August or you're never going to go there. Oh, my God. I really want to go there. I know. I even don't even think you can get a reservation. No, you have to like walk up and maybe get a bar seat. But what I've heard is drinks are bad. Food is worse. But uh, it is pretty. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Well, <sighs> you can't have it all. Um, no. <laughs> true. <laughs> well, anyway, you can get some fruitcake. Hopefully not bad. Um, and... These desserts were legit called the Cadillac of fruitcakes. And <laughs> the family who ran the bakery became one of the wealthiest families in Corsicana, which is just, I mean, hold on. We got to, I'm going to literally, I'm live Googling on the air because I'm just <laughs> the like. The size of Corsicana. Yeah, how big is Corsicana? What is the like median income? Let's find out. Well, I, I do know that they were pretty well off to start. So this only catapulted them more. But uh, yeah, they really. <clears throat> the fruitcake, guys, if you have a baker in your life, lock them down and marry them and have them start yeah. producing some fruitcake. Okay, this is crazy. They're the wealthiest family in Corsicana, but, well, this is the 2010 census, so take okay. it with, I guess, a grain of salt, but they only had 23,770 people All right. in so that city. Okay. So, I mean, this is not a thing. Let's see. Also, well, the median also, income would... was 20... Ooh, that's rough. The median income was $27,203 for an individual. Oh, um, my God. And then the median family income was a little over $33,000. Well, that's because so I guess everyone's I think working. if I moved there right now, I would be the richest person in Corsicana. <laughs> and I don't really even could, have to be able to bake. You, you could have an empire. But yeah. I feel like probably so many of the people there worked for this company, for this uh, fruitcake empire. That could be and true. I do know that it was kind of like a family situation. Like people would go there and sort of work all together. But why we're, we're not just talking about fruitcakes because it's the holiday. I mean, it is why we're doing this case. But some fraud went down at the fruitcake factory. So Sandy Jenkins, kind of a shady name. But, you know, also you know, a harmless name. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, it's a very a name that's very hard to get a read on. And uh, so he began working for the bakery in February of 1998. And... Uh, he also then was hired with his wife, Kay. So they kind of joined together. But and at first when I read that, I was sort of like, why, why Like, why is this like Sonny and Cher, like a mom and I mean, husband and wife duo going together? But the I president and CEO 
of the company said that their business was very much a quote-unquote family atmosphere and that a lot of the husbands and wives would work there together. I, I feel like I need to interrupt because I'm Googling. I'm on their website looking <laughs> at their fruitcake. Um, $30 a fruitcake, which isn't so bad. But I really just have to say, this does not look good to me at all. Like it, I'm showing you, Danny. I'm like, I'm putting my phone up to the screen. It does not, Wait, this fruitcake does not look good at all. Like I'm trying to describe to you guys. On top are like those candied cherries and what looks to be just pieces of green jello. Okay. Green and red jello covered in pecans or pecans. I don't know. And like the inside is, I mean, it's just fruit and nuts. That is the fruitcake. This just, ew. I, this looks like it would just give me an immediate cavity. I'm really just going <laughs> to come in with a hot, a hot take Ooh. with this fruitcake slander, but I don't really care. I'll, I'll die on this hill. Um, okay, you're ready to make some enemies, I'm sure. I really am. I know. I'm going to I'm gonna get like a cease and desist from the Collins Street Bakery. Listen, <laughs> it's just not my thing. This this just looks so cloyingly sweet. Um, yeah, and you're like, the red and green themes do nothing for a Jewish woman. You're like, they really are not. They're not winning. <laughs> you're like, I can't be fooled by that. Yeah, it does not look great. I mean, listen, Jews have some pretty bad desserts as well, like everything that you can eat during Passover. So <laughs> we can call it even. Okay, yeah, you know what? Call it a loss, yeah. Yeah, so during the Christmas shipping season, they have over 600 employees. Wow, that's a lot. But then so it's like, you gotta be packing up orders to Monaco, so you need a lot of people. <laughs> you gotta get, like, you have to Google Monaco. Yeah. Figure out how to ship that. You, I can't even imagine the shipping cost on that. Yeah, you're. I feel like you're doubling at least the cost of, you're probably paying more in shipping, actually, than you are in fruitcake. And fruitcake. Make it make sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there was a family atmosphere there. And when Sandy was first hired, he wasn't making a ton, ton of money. But then he worked his way up to make about 50K a year as the corporate comptroller, like controller of the finances. I didn't, that was another thing that I was reading. I was like, I didn't know companies had comptrollers. Like, we have a city comptroller. <laughs> I'm like, what? I know. I was very confused by that. Well, I do know, like, law firms have them and things like that. So maybe when you deal with, like, very large amounts of money, when you just get to a point like that, you need to. I can see that. Or maybe that's just, like, they just decided to name their accountant a comptroller. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Apparently, our boy Sandy always admired the quote-unquote finer things in life while also being a contributing member of the community. I'm sure that quote from the local Dallas, uh, Texas outline, right from the documentary. Right, I was gonna say, they always do enjoy the finer things in life. I feel like no Mm -hmm. scammer is like, yeah, I was embezzling money so I could buy from Shein. (laughs) Lana Del Rey though. (laughs) That was not a good outfit for her. It's not a good look. Um, But um, he, so he was chilling in Texas, being a member of this community with his wife and daughter. And it was what's, was very interesting was that the promotion came at a big time for the bakery because they were launching an aggressive business expansion in 2004 when he got this promotion. So he was kind of given this promotion to be like, we are really booming. We want to take it to the next level. You're in charge of all of our money to make sure we don't go over or anything like that. Be careful who you promote. Be careful who you promote. So of course the alleged shadiness not even alleged, the actual shadiness started <laughs> the same the same year. 
Ugh, how did they not make this connection like right away? I know. There's so many so, other things that it's like, how how did nobody say anything? Well, it's hard because I feel it's one of those things. Well, because it's smart how he got away with it because I did a deep dive to be like, how did all this make sense? So he began writing checks to pay his credit cards from the bakery checking account. So then he would write those checks that were signed electronically by the system print those checks, and then void that check in the system. <coughs> Which, that's a lot but of stuff. But then steps. how would it get cleared by his bank? So then he would mail the first check to the credit card company and then wrote a check to the bakery vendor for the same amount as the first check, but that second check was never mailed. Wait, So what? So what he would do is to be like, um, I say he had to pay off like $25,000. He would print two checks that both said $25,000. One would be written to his bank, mail that. The other one would be written to the, say like- Oh, a vendor. saying place, the vendor. Oh, to like, let's say the flower company or something. Yes, and then that second check was never mailed. And he was very careful to time his big payments to, to coincide with periods of heavy purchases. But then he so voided the check in the system, so I don't understand how that would- I think because then they would be like, oh, I fucked up this check, so no one's looking for it, and it would just then be his check. Because it was voided, so we would be like, oh, I don't need to look for that ch like mm. check 908 because it's not a real check that was used for anything. It was just voided, but check 908 went to his account. Oh, that's smart. Like that. Smart. I'm like, shit. Okay, I can woo. see why they gave him this job, but damn, <laughs> that he used the power for evil. Yeah, he's good. I mean, good good at tech. Good at, yeah, yep. good at, uh, good, yeah, good at whatever this was. The company kept wondering why they weren't as profitable as they thought they should be. Oh, because, no. I mean, that's If you're getting, you're selling fruit kicks to Monaco. Yeah. You're like, we you should be in the black right now. Yes. Like, they should be doing well. But they blame this on the economy because I guess that's just what we blame everything That's what on. I would do if <laughs> I was scamming. I, be like, well, you know I, the yeah. economy. Oh, guys. And also, they uh, were like, oh, well, I guess because we're expanding so much, that costs money. But, uh, you know, we had to kind of, uh, you know, hard work our way up to kind of make that all happen. And here's what's so crazy. They did an audit on everything. But not a good one. <laughs> because the audit checked the books, the accounts, everything, and said they found nothing totally wrong with it. Um, so they were able to get away with this for a little while longer and the Jenkins would not hide this money they were stowing away. He quote unquote loved the finer things in life and he would show the finer things in life. What confused me is no one wondered why. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, they had like, I mean, we'll get into it in a second, but they had like multiple luxury cars in this town where the median income is like, I'll adjust generously for inflation and say it's like $50,000, which it's not. It's probably less. Um, yeah. And like nobody thought that was weird. That's a, and like no and like also the everyone at the company knew how much he made. So it's like you can't have a right. How are you having a Beamer Bentley and a Porsche? Right. And we know you like, make 50 grand. I mean, the other thing is I'm like, who are you stunning for? <laughs> like, I don't know. I understand it in New York because you're like trying to keep up with like. All these high the society people, but like, who are you keeping up with? You're just at the top by yourself. That's true. 
And because like also it's a thing too. It's like no one get. I don't guess no one gives a shit about your. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're like, okay, you have a car. I don't know the difference. Like if someone pulled up with a nice car, I would not know the difference between that car and just a car. So he would not be flexing on me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just like, this is so weird, and I don't know how. Yeah. Nobody was like, how are you doing this? I mean, maybe they thought they were in debt or something. That's true. I mean, that also. That's probably really true. They're just like, okay, they are not spending. Yeah. They are not saving at all. <laughs> um, Texas Monthly also interviewed some people in town about the couple. And people were like, a woman said, his wife was a hoot and holler. He had zero personality. Ha. I mean, I guess, insert accounting joke there. <laughs> Shout out to an accountant. Um, right. I actually, I know some chic accountants. I hope they're not. <laughs> I, I'm like, wait, maybe that's not the best word to describe them with this case. But... I know Another an accountant with a personality. One. I do too. Yeah. And you know, I know some jobs that are supposed to have personality. I know people with zero personality. So yeah. it's really all that. Another guy said he seemed destined to be thought of as that little old bitty toothpicky man what? with a droopy eye, a weak chin, and the personality of an aged basset hound. I what? genuinely do not, I genuinely do not know <laughs> what that means. Nope. If anybody from uh, Corsicana in Texas knows what that means. Please let us know. And I hope it is not a mean thing to say. <laughs> what is a little old toothpicky man? What the hell does I this think mean? Of, you know, but you know those people like in like the old timey movies when like they'd walk around the toothpick being like, I think like, oh, I'll take I'll take the lawn. You know what I mean? Or like, I'll take Yeah, the, but I don't think this guy looks like him at all. I don't think he has droopy eyes. I mean, no, I, think I don't he, know if it's fair to say he has a weak that. chin in this photo, but I know that's This shady. is not who I envisioned at all with this description. I want to know the name of this source. I think this source was like the owner of the bakery and was like, how that's can true. I insult this guy? This source was drunk. And well, another woman said he was quiet, not one of the more popular guys in school. I hate to use the word nerdy, but he wasn't an athlete. Okay. Like, so he really wasn't. <laughs> That's also the well. You know what? Everyone probably bullied him, so he felt like school. Are you talking about high school? Like who the fuck cares? That right, exactly. And I'm like, okay, so I guess if he's nerdy, I mean that this is a you need to have some brains, I guess, to do what he did. Seriously, oh man. So very popular guy, beloved <laughs> in the community. Here's how the fraud was found out. So Sandy worked at the bakery for over a decade until June 21st, 2013. And he was discovered. That's like 10 years. Yeah. I mean, that's a really long time. I mean, 10 years of him scamming. Yeah. That's a long time to be living the high life. And he was discovered by a fairly new accounting clerk who happened to notice a check written to Capital One. And she knew that the bakery didn't work with Capital One. So when she confronted Sandy, he said he would fix it. Hmm. Yes. So then she got suspicious and did some digging around and she found over. That's, wait, also, that's how you know she's a new employee because that's yep, when that's she the fucking time cares you go above about and the beyond. company. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, like any other veteran employee would just be like, steal from the company. Who cares? Yeah. All right. What are you going to yeah. I'm not going to jump in. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. It's like the light in the eyes, just <laughs> wide eyed, bushy tailed, like, I'm going to help save the company. Yeah. So she did some digging and she found over $400,000 in checks written to vendors that the bakery did not use. And these were all written in a relatively short period of time. 
I because that's like he would mainly cash out and make all these big moments when the big orders would be happening. So definitely around the holiday time and things like that, just so like they wouldn't be suspicious about like money coming out when money's going in and mm-hmm. everything like that. And this is when Sandy was fired and also the day the bakery discovered he was running an embezzlement scheme. Mm-hmm. This is the Got crazy part. With that throat. This is the crazy part. They ultimately embezzled more than $16 million from the bakery. That's a lot of money to make off fruitcake. Like, I, 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 that's my main thing. I'm like, so $16 million and the bakery still had a profit because it's not like they would be like, oh my God, we're losing all the money. We have to shut down. So like how much money are fruitcakes bringing in a year? I'm going to say something controversial. Um, I feel like if they were able to get away with defrauding the bakery of $16 million, so let's say a million dollars a year, I mean more, but a million dollars a year, for 10 years, um, Sandy was not paid enough. I'm just saying, they could have afforded to pay him more than 50 grand a year if they're being, if they're losing out on a million dollars a year and they're not even feeling it. That's real. Cause that's also one of those things like they, maybe he wouldn't be scammed. I mean, he probably would have been, but like, I mean, he would have been, but still. But still, also, I'm like, pay your people. I'm just saying. If you can, if you have print, if you have, if you have Vanna White on speed dial, you can give some nice bonuses, <laughs> at least. Just say. And so Sandy and his wife, Kay, were both charged and convicted. And the assistant U.S. attorney, Jay Nicholas Bunch, had the receipts on these people. I mean, just the stuff that they were doing with this money is absurd. So they took more than 223 trips on a private jet. And they oh. would, I know, and they would be like jetting off to Aspen, Santa Fe, Napa. Bougie place it. Like, also, I'm like, this is so much. And also, I don't know. I personally don't. I'm I'm terrified at the notion of flying private. I will never be able to afford that. Because I'm like, it's just so spooky. It's creepy and scary. And I'm like, how how much can you ball out? Like, how much can one couple ball out so hard? Yeah, no, I'm totally with you there. I think if I had money, I I would fly first class. But that would be, like, as far as I would go. Um, Mm -hmm. And all those... Trips alone cost $3.3 million. Here's the other thing. Like, I think you are really just throwing money away to fly private, not even mentioning, like, the environmental effects. But mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, yeah. I, I mean, we've been on a bad flight, and we've all remembered it. But how many good flights do you remember? Like, zero. They're uneventful. That's true. That's true. It's like, how many good... Yeah, that's, that's a very accurate point. And also, there's a whole system air airport that is in connected to help you get from a to b i mean they don't always help that much but yeah th- there, there's someone there you can call someone i know the number for united i don't know oh, what God. this private jet is yeah no is. i guess i just feel like you know your best flights are like uneventful or maybe you know you got a whole role to yourself but i kind of feel like why would you waste i don't know why would you spend your money on something that like you're not really supposed to remember like you're just supposed to get from A to B. That's so like th- and three point three million dollars. So much money. And they also bought over thirty eight cars. Like I don't understand. <laughs> that's a, I'm like that's how you know for the smartness. They're also dumb because I'm like that's what you're spending your money These on. People are truly idiots. Like they got multiple Lexuses, a Benz, a Bentley, and a Porsche. And this is not a hyperbole. They would <laughs> apparently just buy a new car. Every time they needed an oil change. Like, I mean, like, same, but also, you I people are, I can't even. 
I mean, because that's the thing. I mean, I feel I would be stressed trying to think about how to do an oil change because I don't really know what that entails. Right. But I think you just go to a gas station and they do it for you. But if I had that much money, if I was taking that much money, I would just pay someone $700 to give my give me an oil change or like to go handle it for me. Yeah, I mean, it's the wastefulness is just so absurd. I can't even believe and after it. And get, how did, again, how did nobody notice too? this? Right, because it's like multiple Lexuses. Yeah, and you're one person. Where are you going? That's also, yeah. Not not driving anywhere because you're taking private jets everywhere. Right? Where are you going, Sandy? I can't <laughs> believe that. Um, and, a mel- uh, and $11 million of that money was on just a black Amex, which is like $98,000 a month, which is like Erica Jane glam squad status. <laughs> that's literally, and that's also with Beverly Hills inflate of like everything costs more there. Yeah. Versus I'm like truly $98,000 a month. I am bad at budgeting. I don't even think, well, I mean, thank God I can't do this. I can't even imagine what it would take, how I could, like, what how you I need could to spend buy that to spend $98,000. Like, yeah, no, I agree. It's like you're putting a down payment on a house every month. Truly. And it's sad because, like, you're not even getting any returns. You're You're wasting your money literally on private jets and cars, which depreciate instantly. That's the hard part. That's why I'm mad. I'm like, you guys, like, you didn't even, you didn't even scam well. Like, you just burned money just to burn money. Like, that is. Truly. Oh, my God. It's upsetting. And you know the gag. You know that, you know that daughter there has definitely had to take out student loans because they're not saving it for her. Oh, my God. Right. I'd be so pissed if I couldn't even use my, my parents' fraudulent money to, like, pay off my loans. (laughs) Literally. I can't believe it. And also, apparently. Actually, relatively low, all things considered. Um, True. $1.2 million was spent at Neiman Marcus, where I want to, like, yeet myself out the window. Um, <laughs> the couple had nicknames, and their nicknames were Fruitcake and Cupcake. Do you want to guess who was who? I feel like Sandy was Fruitcake. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. This also but gives that just me, shows- like, Heaven's Gate vibes. <laughs> How oh, they were, like, Bo and God. T. That is so real. And also, you have to know, like, to have not only your name be known at Neiman Marcus, that they have a pet name for you, that's when you're spending too much money. Right. I'm also like, well, well, but then they knew where they worked and how, I mean, I guess if I'm doing sales at Neiman Marcus, I'm getting that commission. I don't really care if they're defrauding the fruitcake company, but it doesn't seem like a secret that he worked there and i guess i don't know if people always be like well i guess maybe his their family has like that one of their one part of their family has money and i, I feel know. like also the hard thing too if i was working sales at even markets and i'm like okay card swiped exactly sure I'm, as long I'm as not i'm sure. getting my commission i'm like i don't really give a fuck where your money yeah. comes from i don't need to indiana jones this bitch no that's so true yeah you're not like the new accounting exec <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly Crazy. So apparently the government, wait, I just want to die. The government said that the Jenkins stopped shopping at Neiman Marcus when, get this, Neiman's ran out of things to sell them. Uh, like, I how- ju- First of all, how often are they going? Like, don't they get new inventory every week? But I wonder if they just clear out. What are they doing with the stuff? And also, you know, it probably wow. makes me so mad. I'm sure they buy like the worst stuff at Neiman Marcus. Oh, a hundred percent. Like the some ugliest, body. most useless shit. They're like shopping off the Goop gift guide <laughs> yeah. and getting like a thirty thousand dollar gold like paperweight dildo. Oh yeah, 
100%. That's for cupcake. <laughs> or fruitcake. Who knows? Oh my God. I hate these people. Like, I want to love know. them because it's kind of hilarious, but I always, I just, wow. I hate them. I hate them. Like, you bought the worst stuff. <laughs> That's really what it is. Like, you just, you bought the worst stuff. Enjoy your time in prison. <laughs> so apparently there's this like really funny story of what sandy did when he first felt the fbi closing in on him he decided to try to hide some of his assets from the fbi which mm. always goes over well just ask erica jane about that <laughs> so he went home and he basically just ran from room to room tossing all the valuables he could find into grocery bags Okay, you know, just have your little friend. I mean, I mean, I guess this was before Fresh Strike, but Fresh Strike has big bags. They do have big bags. That's that's true. Then he went to Ladyburg Lake in Austin and started just stashing the stuff around the park, like putting it behind trees, like bushes. Um, I feel like whoever was in the park that day was like, "Yeah, so I just found this Cartier bracelet behind a tree." That's the thing. It's like also, how will he remember where everything is? And B, you're stat, you're like. Stashing in a probably see-through grocery bag, truly like Dior and probably like Gucci loafers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab those. And if they're not my size, I'll make them my size. Seriously. I could cut off half my foot. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is why I'm extra annoyed. When he ran out of hiding spots, he just threw the rest of the shit in the lake. Oh. You know, the FBI agent was like, uh, we have to... Um, examine those we have to pull those out and it was just like putting on the rings like okay yeah oh my god like all the apple watches just ruined in the lake oh my god (laughs) oh my gosh so soon after that an off-duty police officer from university of texas see found a bag with a quarter million Mm -hmm. dollars in gold bars and jewelry near the lake wow what a windfall and gold bars idiot called the authorities I'd be like, oh, wow, um, cool thing that I just found that I'm telling literally nobody about. (laughs) The only reason I would tell the authorities is because I'm like, what do I do with gold bars? No, it's true. I'm going to show up at Cash for Gold. (laughs) I know exactly. And they're going to be like, well, that'll get you $50. I'll be like, sure, sounds right. I'm like checking out a Dunkin. I shave a little bit off. I'm like, I think that covers it. Like, what does this entail? (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. No, I mean, good on this person for being an upstanding citizen. Um, All I can say is I don't know that I would have done the same thing. (laughs) Oh, no, it's hard. That's a moment of truth. That's a a moment of truth. Like, are the cameras on you? Like, what would you do type of thing? Yeah, I would be like, but this bracelet looks so good on me. So I think I was meant to find it today. (laughs) It was in the... I manifested this bracelet? (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, they sent a scuba team, see, and they mm-hmm. found the rest of the stuff. So Sandy did a terrible job at hiding. Um, yeah, because he just threw everything in there. Yeah. I think he was sentenced to 10 years in prison, and then Kay, I think, only got probation. Yeah, so he was sentenced to 120 months in federal prison, and he pled guilty in May 2014 to a count of mail fraud, a count of conspiracy to commit money laundering, And one count of making a false statement to a financial institution. I guess I just, we need the lawyers and the DMs. Because, like, how did he not commit money laundering? Like, how is it only the conspiracy? Because, yeah, I don't know. Because I don't really know what. it seems like he did textbook money laundering. I wonder if they just, like, but I guess they could prove it. 
I mean, they had all of the receipts, all oh, of the doctored receipts. I guess because, well, just as just um, the one sentence of it, that's, oh, it is embezzling. I was going to say when it's like obtained from doing crimes like drug trafficking. But I guess embezzling is also the crime that he would be money laundering from. But yeah, I don't really know how they did not pull him fully through with that. Me either. Whereas his wife, like you were saying, was sentenced to five years probation and 100 hours of community service uh, for just the count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. The government was able to recover approximately $4 million of the stolen money and property and cash that was <laughs> turned over. Lake. All, literally in the lake and in the driveway and in like on the credenza uh, to turn over the bakery for partial restitution. That was found... And, like, the breakdown of that, it was found in four cars, because that's, like, 150 k each. 532 luxury items, like watches, all right. bracelets. There were 98 watches, and all of those luxury items were about $3.5 million. Oh, my God. A Steinway electric piano. What? You Why? know Who's this in? jackass does not know how to play the piano. No. He probably pretends to be doing Billy Joel Piano Man, but it's not working. And that costs, He gets uh, the 50, piano that like yeah. plays itself and the keys move. <laughs> My aunt has one of yes. those and he just like do, sits do, there. Do, 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 dun, dun, dun. Heart and soul. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that was 58 grand. And then a wine collection of 50 grand. Shout out. And um, so then, of course, at the end of all of that, with that removed, the court ordered restitution jointly and uh, for Sandy and Kay in the amount of $12,697,921.79 to the bakery. I mean, they're never paying that. Never. Right? Like. How? They, how, how? Yeah. No, how? It's like how Billy McFarland owes like $27 million to the SEC. Like. He's just gonna okay. keep selling fake Adele tickets. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, I always, I got some. I'm really debating selling them. They'll be real though because I'll be make so much money. Mm. But I know. But that's also it's like yeah, I owe money for my student loan. May, will I pay them? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm just gonna basically just make that a problem for future me. Mm-hmm. Maybe exactly. by then the government will come through. I mean, who am I kidding? That's not going to oh, happen. God. Never, 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 never. We'll have we'll, we'll enjoy the f- flavor of fruitcake before they do anything to help out students. That's true. I know. I it looks so unappealing to me, but I do want to order it. I, I'm desperate to try one. I really, I really just feel like they it, I, they have to be good. They have to deliver on some. I mean, I know they literally deliver, but I feel they need to like have. A, and you know what? $44, uh, $44, not the worst. No. That's and they're doing the a bundle. They're doing a bundle for 55 Okay. They're trying to make up that fucking money. Right? <laughs> they jacked up the prices of the fruitcake. And I think what might be better for us is that they have fruitcake petite, so it's like little tiny ones for $23, so you could just try one. Okay, I like that. No commitment. I kind of like that. Yeah. Low commitment fruitcake. I do want to support them to help them recoup that $12 million one order at a time. I know. They should make merch. That would help people. Oh, my God. I got scammed by Sandy Jenkins. Just a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, the cookies they have look so weird, too. Okay. Regardless. Interesting. I don't know. We're I mean, like we'll strawberry. get some fruitcake. We'll go to Rolf's. Well, we're making dreams come true here. Yeah. With some nice mold wine. Yeah. We have to dream all of that, but in the meantime, before our dreams come true, we gotta we gotta see which of us is the winner in Jorge's game. 
All right. So, the world, as we know, is full of fraudsters and grifters. Love it. But there's no denying that sometimes we can look at some of them and say, hey, respect. That was a good grift. That was a good fraud. So, today, we're going to play a game called Fraudy or Hottie. <laughs> this is how it's going to work. Okay. I'm going to read you a one-sentence description of a famous fraud or grift, and you're going to tell me whether this makes you like that person more or less. Oh. Okay. So you're going to say whether that fraud was just really just a fraud or if they made them uh, made themselves a little a little bit of a hottie mm, with, okay. with, this, with this fraud. Okay. So first yaddy, up, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. we have everyone's favorite fraudster, Billy McFarland. Uh, all right, all right. We all know him for Fire Festival, yes. But classic. What about his other fraud? One of his other frauds, I guess, in which he sold fake tickets, See? such as uh, tickets to the Met Gala or mm. the Grammys, to gullible victims who thought that you can even buy tickets for those events. I mean, that's kind of like a buyer beware situation. I'm like, if you are that much of a hype beast that you are trying to Mm -hmm. buy tickets to the Met Gala when that's like kind of the whole thing with the Met Gala. (laughs) Literally. You know, I'm going hottie. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going going hottie too because also if you are someone who thinks you can afford and buy your way into any of those things, you did it to yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, what do you think the Met Gala is $500? LOL. Right? That's the not even the price of the mashed potatoes on the plate, baby. Yeah. Yeah, and some of these, and this is a perfect example, kind of reminds me of like postmodern art, which you go to the MoMA and there's just like a canvas with a dot on it, and you're like, anyone could have done that. But you didn't. Like anyone could have tried to sell tickets, but yeah. you didn't. Billy did. Yeah. Like that. Good for him. That is actually impressive. It's a it's a clean sweep. He Billy McFarland, definitely a hottie because of this one. <laughs> Right. Oh God, that's an image going to come up, back to haunt Murray us. Hill hottie. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll send us a thank you note. Oh my no, God. From prison. Really, if you're listening, we'll, we'd love to have you on. Oh, we oh would. my God, yeah. Big fans, big fans. Hey honey. <laughs> All right, next up we have James Fry. Do you know who this is? Have you guys heard of this guy? No. Isn't that I mean, a mass shooter? No, 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 God, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy, he is a writer, American writer. He wrote that guy. Some, yeah, he uh. wrote some memoirs about his struggles with drug addiction. Oh yes, a million little pieces. Incarceration, a million little pieces. Oh. That's him. And he he became a bestseller after Oprah featured his books on her show. Oh. But then it all turned out that he completely made all of it up. I mean, there was some degree of truth, like he had been arrested. But he only spent like a day in prison. And then he was Asshole. forced to go back on Oprah and apologize to the American oh, people for his wicked lies. What do we think? What is insane to me is that like if you have this idea of a story that obviously is so captivating and made everyone make a novel. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you it's like did. we have a convention for that and it's called fiction. Yeah. <laughs> um that is naughty fraudy i'm not into that no but i let i think it's like entertaining because also like yes, the editors who acquired it and just kind of took him at his word and and everything like that i just think is really that's true interesting but and the editors just wanted to make the most of his 
fake trauma at this point. Exactly. But uh, uh, Googling him, he is hot, but he's not a hottie for dinner. Ooh. <laughs> if I'm Googling the correct person. I love he the live Googling different. going on. Yeah. Uh, I think I agree, yeah. Especially with that point that he could have just written a novel. Like, That's what I- it was clear that his story was powerful enough to inspire people or to make people think about their lives in a different way or something. Like, he didn't have to say that it was autobiographical or a memoir. Yeah, no. He could have been even more successful if he had just written a great novel and then just, like, made money off of that. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it it probably wouldn't have sold, honestly, and it wouldn't have been such a big deal. Because I think that was, like, why it was interesting was because it was allegedly true. And then if you find out that it's fiction, you're just like, oh, well, you just made it up. But... Well, isn't that kind of like, was, wasn't that book Go Ask Alice sort of that, but it was fake, but not? Yeah, that book was weird. Uh, I think he gets the fraudy. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Fraudy. All right. Well, next up we have Bernie Madoff. <laughs> Come on. Ran the largest Ponzi scheme in history worth about $64.8 billion with a B defrauding thousands of wealthy investors, hedge, bund- hedge funds, and banks from around the world. That's not hot. Not hot. He, like, stole people's retirement funds. That's true. That's, that's, the, true. Hard, that's the hard part. Yeah, that's, he's, he's very naughty. I'm going to say, yeah, this is not a lighthearted scam. Like, lots of people were harmed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. true. I guess I was looking at it more from, like, mostly wealthy people got scammed out of their money because they were chasing they were being greedy right like they could have just invested in the stock market and got in like normal returns but bernie was offering something that no one else could offer because you know these returns that he was doing were kind of unheard of so a lot of wealthy investors flocked to him but you you are both right that also, like innocent, just run of the mill, yeah, retirement I mean, funds ran into the same issue and lost a lot of money. I feel like so they that, think, true. I feel like they thought they were investing in the stock market because he, because oh. he was probably like, I'm going to take your money so, and invest it. Yeah, he was saying that, but the returns that they were getting from him because of the Ponzi scheme were completely artificially inflated. For like, sure. For sure. But like, you know, how, how do you tell Bernie Madoff from like any other finance bro who is like, mm. you know, you're trying to work with? Like, I don't know. You don't until it's too late. Yeah. You never know. That's why you just never make a lot of money or enough money to invest in Seriously. anything. There you go, Danny. It's so Tour easy. Two words have <laughs> never been spoken. <laughs> If you don't invest in stocks, you can't lose money on stocks. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I right put money there. in a savings account and everyone's like, that's literally the worst thing you could do. And I'm like, I know, but I can't lose money in the stock market if I don't put my money in the stock market. Ha ha. Giga brain. Giga brain Sarah right there. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Next up, we have John Stonehouse. Cool name. Not sure you would have heard of this guy, but he was a British labor politician and cabinet minister who unsuccessfully attempted to fake his own death (laughs) by leaving a pile of clothes on a beach in Miami. All the while, he was running away to Australia with his mistress and secretary. Both? Well, 
It's the same person. Mistress. His mistress oh, was okay. his secretary. Oh, Why was he trying to run away? Like just to be with the mistress or was there like a political angle? No. He, I think he just wanted to live a better mm-hmm. life with his mistress. I think that's kind of hilarious. Too that's scared yeah. to yeah. ask for a divorce. Oh. So he just faked his own death. Well, because, you know, you know we stigmatized divorce in society. So I'm considering him a hottie. Yeah, Honestly, hottie, same, because I feel like the other way people on this podcast try to get out of marriages is to just kill their spouse. And this is like a, a really victimless <laughs> crime. That is true. No body, no crime. <laughs> Nobody, no crime. Seriously. They even published his obituaries and everything in the paper. Damn. And it, was, it was a big deal. He was probably then, lurking yeah. in the back of the funeral. Like, what are they saying about me? <laughs> <laughs> Who actually showed up. True. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just found him in Australia. Damn. All right. Last up, we have Anna Sorokin, a.k.a. Ugh. Anna Delphi. Just to recap, pretended to be a wealthy German heiress and defrauded banks, hotels, and wealthy friends by saying that she couldn't access her money and issuing a series of super trustworthy IOUs. What do we think? I'm doing... I used to go back and forth with this, but I'm going to say fraudy only because now after we talked with Rachel and that episode with her is really good. Check it out if you haven't listened to it. I'm like, oh, I'm only on Rachel's side now. And Rachel's not on Anna's side. So Anna's a fraud in my mind for forever. Honestly, same just because she, I mean, I don't know. She's just like doing this for fame. And I'm just like, I'm not going to give that to you. Like she she clearly wants every, everybody to be like, yes, oh my God, grifter queen, which like we literally right. did when the story first came out because it was, again, <laughs> funny. But now I'm just like, well, I don't want to give someone who is like a self-admitted sociopath what they want. So out of pettiness, I suppose, if nothing else, I'm going to go with Fraudy. And also, don't worry. Netflix is giving her everything she wants. (laughs) I know. I'm like, does she get money from that? I feel like she shouldn't. (laughs) It depends. Life rights and stuff. She might have gotten She didn't even serve that much prison time. Yeah. Well, pettiness, I think, is just as good a reason as any other reason here. So I think I think she's getting fraudy. She's getting fraudy from the group. Well, that was fraudy or hottie. So uh, fraudsters, be on alert. <laughs> think about your frauds carefully because we're going to we're going to break them down here and we're going to we're going to give you a fraudy or a hottie rating. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So beware of that and not federal charges. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. Oh, gosh, yes. Love a little walk down fraudulent <laughs> memory lane. Oh my god! Yeah, and I mean, if you have, if you disagree with us, let us know. If you think anyone was a hottie that we didn't consider, and tell us in the Facebook group, not another true crime group. Yes, or follow us on Instagram and not another true crime. There have been so many breaking true crime updates today. I've been putting so them all many. up on our Instagram stories. We got Scott Peterson. We got Josh Duggar. We got the Delphi murders. I'm so confused about oh. that one, um, honestly, but. And it will be expired by the time you guys listen to this. But give us a follow. Uh, we keep tabs of true crime news. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Lameem. You can follow me at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere with a K. And thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. 
Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.